your um, your email, I was thinking, I wasn't sure if you were talking about today or this week. And I had like, it's really weird because when I, when I try to do these shows, uh, first of all, I'm a highly unorganized person. Okay. I'm a mess. And you get these shows lined up and then somebody has to bail. Then it starts a domino effect. And um, I don't, you, you'd be surprised about how hard it is to get somebody to do a, a YouTube with you. No, actually, I'm not. And it's interesting. And, and uh, you know, this all fits into the Catholic Church and being a redneck and whatever else, too. Uh, but uh, I, uh, I'm i not so inclined towards this per se. But what I have long ago realized is that is if you don't have some friends come along beside you and give you a little bit of publicity, nobody's going to find you no matter how good you draw or how funny you are or whatever else. And then when I got to looking at that, I've met a few folks now with radio programs on Catholic radio and all and realized they're sucking wind trying to get people on the show too that are new and interesting. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I'm all that interesting, but cartooning is kind of interesting, it is especially it. when you do it as ministry. Yeah. So so uh, so it works both ways. Uh, well, you know. Tell me how you do that as ministry. How did you get to that point from all? I, I know I, you see the shirt I'm wearing? I do. I saw it right away. Fat puppy. I used to couldn't fit in it because I was really a fat puppy. Really? But, yeah, Dave Branson sent this to me a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Puppy, like, subscribe, ring. ring, ring the bell. Yeah, and um, this one shirt right here, I can wear anywhere I go. It's a conversation starter. I get more people that that you know they they don't know what it is. They just see fat puppy, and everybody recognizes the YouTube thing. Yeah. Man, I could talk to people all day. I could be a politician wearing this shirt. You could do that anyway. Well, I don't know about that. In some parts of some parts of the country, you would not be elected, but you yeah. could do that. <laughs> yeah, I believe that. But um, so, how did you know Dave? Dave Branson. Well, okay, and that goes back to how I got into it as ministry and all too. But uh, I'm a, I'm I'm a shall we say a motorcycle enthusiast. Okay. I, I hesitate to use that word biker because there's some connotations that sometimes go with it that really don't apply to me. I was never an outlaw or a gangster or anything like that, although you don't ride motorcycles a lot and do Christian ministry without meeting those guys and having some of them as your friends and all. Uh, but anyway, I met Dave uh, riding motorcycles. We used to go and... Uh, uh, I know one time we went into the prisons together to uh, once or twice to uh, uh, talk to convicts and pray with them and uh, go to some rallies and stuff. So we just kind of made each other out on the road. Now, were y'all, this is before Catholic, before becoming Catholic? Yeah, really good, good story. My story is I was born a Catholic. Yeah. You know, it goes, your story and my story intersects, though. I'm probably a decade, decade or more ahead of you or behind you, whatever you want to call it. But uh, um, I, I, out of high school, I went ahead and, you know, joined the Marine Corps. Uh, I was like, Arlo, yeah, hoorah. It was like, <laughs> Arlo Guthrie. There you go, your K bar. Yep. Gotta have I, your K bar. I've got a couple of them. Doing your push ups? No. <laughs> Not in my advanced age. I'm well up into my seventies now, brother. Yeah, all the more, so, all the more. Yeah, I do. I do push-ups, but I dare not do them over a knife. <laughs> okay, I got you. Um, so, what years were you in the Marine Corps? Well, I, I joined in '69. Oh, and and uh, I I uh, uh, got all got left service with the Marine Corps in the mid '80s and. Moved on over to the army, and don't don't boo me on that. But uh, I got involved in, in. I must tell you, it's special operations. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to again, just like I don't want to communicate that I was some kind of biker dude. 
I was no Delta Force guy either. Okay, I mean, I, we, I did some interesting stuff. We do but, have uh, a Force guy coming on the show. Who? What? We do have a Delta Force guy coming on the show. That's Catholic. Hang on. Yeah, but that wasn't me. See, well, I got my little board here. <clears throat> I'm in real estate, and the girls threw me out of my office. My broker and the girls I work with threw me out of my own yeah. office. They wouldn't stay out no how. They'd all group in there and bump their gums and everything and take over and drink my coffee and fill up my trash cans. So they finally threw me out. So I went up to my office and got my little board here. But see this? Yes, I do. I do. Okay. This dude here dated my niece for a long time. Okay. And he's Catholic. A Catholic Army Special Forces. We is don't he know. A, is he a SAR guy? Uh, uh, we don't radiation. know. Okay. We don't know what he is. Do you know who this guy is? Oh, yes. Oh, Who's yes. It? I'm going blank on his name right now because, but, yeah, but he was. It, I know who that guy is, too. I know who both of those guys are. Okay, they the famous. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, I know exactly. He was, he was uh, part of the uh, uh, weapons for sale deal he, thing. He, he used to run the country. Well, he did. A guy named Ronald Reagan that was. Yes, I, I know exactly who he is. You know what I I'm talking about? I'm, you know, I'm up there to where, where, I, where these... Uh, you know, the things that are no longer necessary for me, they kind of disappear. So I can't call his name right now, but if I sat here a few minutes, I would remember. Yeah, and the other guy the other guy on the on the on there is not Fat Puppy. The other guy is a Birmingham police officer. Yeah. Well that's Oliver North. Oliver North. Ira Contra affair with Ronald Reagan. Yes. Yes. Do not recall. Yes. What do you say? Verify, trust but verify. Yeah, El Salvador. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I've hung around with some people before, too. But my friend. Well, my was, stuff wasn't as dramatic as his. I, you know, we, I did I did go down into Central and South America a fair amount of times. And typically we, we were kind of, uh, without getting too much detail, really interested in what was happening out in the local governments and the various areas and uh, the needs of the people and and uh, communications and infrastructure and stuff like that. And uh, uh, worked a lot with the embassies and uh, USAID. Those are the people that provided support. So, you know, if, if, if we had to ever shoot at somebody, something went really bad wrong. Yeah. That was that wasn't what we were trying to do. Or some of the Delta guys probably were just on the other side of the coin from that. No hero here. I'm not a hero. Yeah, you are. Did you leave the Catholic Church for a while? Okay, that was the story. Sorry about that. No, yeah, not. I never. I did, but not on purpose. Uh, I, when I grew up, I was an altar boy, and. Uh, uh, never molested, you know, none of that stuff. Uh, that stuff, was, it, it was just a holy, holy place. And I was absolutely crazy, mad in love with the Catholic Church and wanted to be a priest and uh, all of that stuff. And But then also heard Arlo Guthrie sing his Alice's Restaurant song, and I decided I wanted to kill too. And then uh, it, was, it was kind of a tear up. I joined the Marine Corps anyway because I figured that was the best place to go. And in some respects it was, in some respects it was not, as you know. Mm -hmm. And long story short, and you know, you remember in boot camp, you know, when they're making the ID cards, it's like, you know, what religion are you? Uh, Catholic, uh, you're in deep doo-doo here because we don't have any priests. Wow. So if, you get, if you get wounded or killed, there ain't nobody going to be there for you. Mm -hmm. um, would you be willing to have a... a uh, some other chaplain, I said, I guess so, prayer, you know, prayer is prayer, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I became uh, identified as a non-preference. Right. That was not not an, an intentional act, but it became a part of who I was, though, because as we 
they were right. We had very much a shortage of priests. And by the time I got to where I was meeting ladies, my wife in particular, never met another white lady in case she's listening to this later. But, uh, uh, you know, I was sort of out of that habit. And then eventually some of my Protestant friends came, you know, and offered me to come. And I had kids at that time and wanted them to be raised and we weren't at church. So I did, and I, you know, really fell really in love with the Bible in particular. I still am, just love the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, and words led to words, and I, like you, went to seminary and became a, a preacher. I became a missionary with North American Mission Board and, and uh, was really a church planter. And being a missionary, you know, I, I, I've never been able to do things the way other people do them. And so um, I decided, man, I like to ride motorcycle. I'm going to start some biker churches. There's a lot of biker dudes out here. But that's where it happened. Eduardo said hi. Huh? Eduardo just said hi and Anthony and a couple others in here. Cool. Are they Marines or just, just good good Catholics? Good Catholics. All right. So, uh, so anyway, uh, um, I went on a, I went on a Baptist. It might not have been all Baptist. That's not fair. One on a, a Presbyterian Protestant minister's trip to Israel with my wife, my favorite wife. And, uh, we were, we were over there and we were visiting. We had been, it's like 10 or 12 days. We had been about five or six days. We all got tight together. These preachers were from all over the country, and we got in some place. I don't even remember where it was, but uh, it was obviously the Holy Land. But long story short, the one of these preachers' wives said, "How come?" And for those people, the rednecks will get that right away. If you're not a redneck, that means why? Mm-hmm. How come uh, the Catholics have all the churches here? No, the, one of the preachers said that. How come the Catholics have all the churches? And his wife just matter of factly said, because they were here when it happened. Woo! And I'm sitting there saying, he's right. She's right. Yeah. What the, what the heck am I doing here? Why ain't, why am I not going back where I came from? Dang. And that's and that started it back. It happened in the Holy Land. Boom. Just come right out of her mouth. Oh, yes, absolutely. And, and she wasn't preaching. Go ahead. I'm right. That's called a truth bomb now. Yeah, it's, it was. She wasn't preaching. She just come right. So I came home and I was listening to EWTN. And that's that's another bad habit I have. I listen to EWTN a lot. I love EWTN. They're right down and, the uh, there. Yeah, I know, and I know you. I know some stories about you at EWTN too. You know the one in particular. Yep. Uh, you might want to tell that one later if you hadn't told it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, but anyway, uh, Father Mitch was on one of his shows. I don't know how that guy goes. He's on. He does so many things. But he just matter of factly again said, "You got to follow." He, he's better English than that. He says you have to follow. You got to follow the truth wherever it takes you. And I'm sitting there again saying, boom, I know what that means. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then I had the, the unpleasant task of having to tell my wife, you know, honey, maybe about time for us to go to mass. And she said, just bluntly as it can be, calling out my name, I have followed you all over the world. You have taken me to all these places. But I am not going to the Catholic Church with you. Well, the end of that story is this woman's so crazy in love with the Catholic Church right now. Uh-huh. And uh, she's a daily mass person and confession every week or two or three. Uh, she may be doing stuff I don't know about because she's uh-huh. got a lot to confess in there. But uh-huh. uh, but anyway, uh, we're we're living happily ever after until the Lord calls us home. And we're doing it as Catholics. I love that. I love that story. I just I some, really, some some of it's true. <laughs> I really like what the lady said to you over in Israel. 
that red, you know, my bro, my middle brother, he he's passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah. I picture. I know you want to see this picture. Let's see. I do. Uh, I do. Sons I, prayed you, I prayed for you and your son this morning. Thank you. Okay. okay uh, which one is he? The, the, that's a woman you're pointing to right that, now, John. Let me look. I'm looking at everything backwards. Okay. <laughs> All right, hang on. That That's my oldest son, Lee. Uh, and uh, that's my brother, Hank, right there. That, that's with his head back, laughing, he passed away a couple of years ago. But he was uh, he had some surgery. And one thing I know, one thing this is a theory I have that when people are on painkillers and alcohol, they start talking the truth. I don't know if you've ever encountered that before. But no, uh, they talk. Yeah, they start talking when they're real, real. I mean, got a lot of morphine or tequila in them or whatever, they start talking. And uh, they say a lot of things they would never say otherwise. And uh, I, I went to see him after surgery, and we were I had just become Catholic. Mm-hmm. Of course, um, you know, Catholic was a bad word. Mm-hmm. We was raised, you know, bad word. And uh, I'm just explaining to him my journey and uh, his daughter was there in the room with us, and she said something about the Catholics. And my brother looked over at her and said, yeah, they were the first Christians in the first church, and they're the biggest church in the world, and they put the Bible together. And it just rolled out of his mouth like he was telling me about what happened in, you know, on the 6 o'clock news. He wasn't arguing. He went marketing, and and he wasn't he wasn't Catholic. He just you know he's a historian. He reads history books nonstop, nonstop. Um, what he wrote history. He did a history article for the newspaper. He was a police department historian. He all uh, he knew his history, politics, and all uh, big into politics and history and and civil war and everything. And here he is reading up on the Catholic church because I'm going there. Mm-hmm. And he just said it. So, but what I don't understand, Frank, is the disconnect between knowing that to be factually true, but going to a church that's been planted a few centuries later, that don't believe the same way, that don't do the same things at church. I don't get that. Well, I can't answer that either. Um, although I can tell you that for those that uh, listen to you and, and been following you, that the things I've heard you say over the years are, are, are quite accurate uh, and, uh, and generally said in, in love. But it's, it's just a blind spot. That's the only way I can explain it. They're they're not dumb. They're not stupid. And a lot of these people, and you've made this case many times, a lot of these folks are are deeply Jesus-loving folks. Uh, we're not talking about evil people here. We're talking about good mm-hmm. people that love love our Lord. Yeah. But they've just got they've just got a blind spot that they've missed that little minuscule point that hey. Get get on over to the church that Jesus started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I fear for for them though, and this is a good point on Catholics. And and I really, I'm a catechist now, uh, and 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 I share this with the folks that that I teach back in the parish and all. But uh, they miss the kingdom. And I've not heard you say this yet either, but you can borrow it anytime you want. I, what I have heard you say is the, nothing but Jesus. I don't, I'm going to talk just to Jesus. I don't get why you, you, you talk to him. They missed the kingdom. And I've gone through those four Gospels any number of times. I can't even tell you how many times. And I've never seen any place in there where Jesus said, I came to save you. He did. That's the truth. 
but uh, I, it's countless the number of times he said that uh, that he's there to establish in various ways. He's there to establish the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Kingdom was his work, his father's kingdom. That was his work. Now, in his kingdom, there are angels, you know, there's, I'll keep it simple, angels and saints and um, the saints are in, and elders who 24 of them who are incensing the altar with the prayers of the saints. And yet, as much as they love Jesus, they miss the fact that Jesus has got all of these help, helping aids in his kingdom for us, and they refuse to use any of them. Mm. And I've never gotten that because they're Jesus-loving people. And they've read this generally, generally the same Bible we've read. They're missing a few books. But most of the translations aren't too far off. But they have uh, um, just missed that, the fact that he, he came to establish the kingdom. And all of these things that the Catholics are doing are accessing these kingdom resources that hmm. Jesus has given us from sacraments to saints to angels to protect us and to give us messages. They're missing that. And and boy, would they, some of these folks you know about them, would they be powerful if they had yeah. access to all these kingdom tools, resources. Hmm. And, that's, blind a, spot. That's, and good... that's an admonition to my Catholic friends. I can't deal so, deal so much with my Protestants, but y'all, you guys understand what that means. Y'all. Y'all need to access those tools. Yeah. Well, um, okay, so you run into David at the, at a motorcycle thing. I know he was Pentecostal, a sincere, all of Christ. David is one of the top sincere people I know that. He's a real deal. Yeah, the real deal. And he'll fellowship with anybody. Yep. You know, he'll pull up to a bar, buy you a beer. If you're Church of Christ, Baptist, Catholic, he's just a good guy, good person. Yeah. I wouldn't wear his shirt if he wouldn't. All right. So how I thought you... I thought about getting one of them bowlers like he likes to wear. Because <laughs> I usually have a hat on of some kind. I need one. How did he um okay now I remember he was telling me about you. And you, and he said he had left the church and came back. Yeah. And, uh, how how long had you known him before that happened, John? I really can't tell you. It's not a secret. I just yeah. it's just one of those things. There are people that you meet and know, and you bump into them so many times to, until you realize I know that guy. You know, so I, I really don't know, but I suppose. I suppose from the top, I knew him probably four or five, six years, four or five anyways, uh, before he joined the Catholic Church. But there's no one time that I met him that I realized. I think maybe he was riding with Bikers for Christ for a while, and I might have Mm -hmm. run across him there. I was not riding with Bikers for Christ. But those guys were everywhere I was. Those ladies, those guys and gals riding them, forgive me. But uh, what kind so, of bike? Any okay, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna make enemies here, but anything but a Harley Davidson. You got to remember what I said before nothing wrong with a Harley Davidson, but you got to remember, I don't do what other people do, right? I'm not a rebel, I'm just different. Right. And I kind of like that. I like being different. So I have ridden goal goal wings were sort of my choice of riding because they were fast and they held the road. Eight hundred pound bike would hold the road. And, you know, I don't want to tell you how fast, but with sparks flying off your um, foot pegs and and whatnot. But as you I advanced in age, I realized if this thing goes down, I'm not going to heal very quick. So uh, I've moved on. I've stepped on down to a Yamaha. Yeah. Uh, a smaller one. I think it's about a 1200 I'm riding now. And I just do that for therapy. I put my knees in the breeze and go out and ride every now and then. But 
I don't really ride much on purpose anymore. I, I draw a cartoon pretty much. That's all. That's all I do now. I can't. I like your card. Do you want? Uh, how can we? How can we help our Protestant brothers know that they've got a blind spot? You ever been driving in a car and your the driver say, "How am I looking back there? Can I get over?" What can we do to show them that there's a big truck in the blind spot they hadn't noticed yet? I don't know. I wish I did. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 that's one of those ones that I have to throw up my hands and leave it to the Holy Spirit. I've got to tell you the truth. Uh, my bigger battle right now is how do we get Catholics to become Catholics? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, not just the ones that have left the church. I now, I, I there may be some folks in in my uh, class back at the, in my parish, and I just want to make clear I'm not referring to those. Those are some fervent, heart strong Catholics there. Mm-hmm. But I'm 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 so doggone tired sometimes of running across folks and being shocked to find out that they're Catholic. Yeah. Like, like, dude, man, you're sitting about one seat away from Jesus right now. Uh, you know, as a Catholic, act like you're act like you know him. You know? Yeah. Uh, be proud of your faith. Uh, this is a gift from God, and uh, and that's been my my battle. I mean, uh, you know, and and I I believe. Now, this is me speaking, okay, just me. I believe that the way we evangelize Catholics is going to be with the Bible. Yeah. I think Catholics believe just about as much as Protestants believe that the Catholic Church has nothing to do with the Bible, even though they can sit in Mass for an hour on Sunday and hear nothing but Scripture and prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's like, not all of them again, but it's surprising how many Catholics think they don't know anything about the Bible. Well, uh, how long total were you away from the church? Okay. I'd like to take issue with being away from the church, but the truth of the matter is you can't be a Baptist pastor and claim that you're in the church. So I got to go. I got to go with you. Uh, Probably. Maybe 40 years. Woo. You got my watch. (laughs) You got my watch. Well. What what's hers? Because maybe a, a year or two less than her. She's going thirty years. Oh, it's over thirty uh, for me. But it, but I was just really estimating there. But you can figure it went back to maybe about nineteen seventy on up to. Uh, yeah, past two thousand and ten. So, yeah. When God, went, I mean, thank God! Thank God! Jesus forgives us. Yeah. <clears throat> when you went back to mass. Did you have any kind of feelings like, um, that, was there any kind of emotions or feelings being back? I walked in and I don't want to say I'm getting them even right now, goose pimples or whatnot. I said, but it was like, whoa, this place is holy. And of that, course, that, some, somebody told me it's the, the little red light over there. Yeah. Well, it really wasn't little red light. There was the tabernacle right next to the little red light holding the Holy Eucharist. But I could feel the presence of Christ every in every corner mm-hmm. of the church. That's another point you just reminded me of, of your trip to Israel where they were, the lady said that. Mm-hmm. I, man, let me tell you something. Protestants love to go inside Catholic cathedrals and churches. Yeah, yeah. They love it. Yes. And they all say they feel something there. They all they all do. And even the ones that make it to an actual mass, um, no matter what, they say that sure was reverent. Yes. And it's just another one of those blind spots. I'm thinking, okay, so you feel something there you've never felt. Um there's a reverence there you've never felt. And the dates on that building say 
AD 33. <laughs> yeah. clicking. And any any points you'd like to connect? But uh, but but you know, um, and and you, John, you do a really really good job. I'm not trying to give you a big hit. I'm, I'm I'm not asking for a donation or anything. So, but you do a really good job of of laying it out there with no frills, uh, without beating people up. Uh, my tendency, if I don't use humor, is to beat people up, mm-hmm. and that just does not work. It doesn't work. You're right. What was it? Jesus say, "Return not evil for evil." Yeah, that's that's yeah. A, uh, something he said. We had it in the readings not too long ago, and all uh, where Jesus is a sermon on the mount. When was that? That wasn't too long ago. <laughs> oh yeah, I thought you talked about when Jesus did it. Yeah, that's been. A yeah, I about the mass. But no, yeah, it was just uh, I guess last week or we just had or midnight mass. Matthew, Matthew five. We were in Matthew five. Okay, so we just had midnight mass like a couple of weeks ago. Now here we are at Ash Wednesday. Yes, yeah. we hear a lot of Bible. We a every lot. time we go in there. I I'm just thinking. Now I know if you go to mass. Every day, like your wife, you hear the entire Bible every three years. Yeah. But it's amazing how much Bible we do hear. Because when I was in the in the non non denominational church, the preacher would preach on a topic, and that topic was built on lacing scriptures together from all over the Bible that sounded like that. Hey, Larry, Larry Johnson's here, and so hey, Larry. like. Nothing was ever in context. It was just, right. you know, something from Leviticus, something from Proverbs, something from yes. about a little topic. But it's amazing to me how the Catholic Church has laid these readings out years in advance, and they flow together into a theme. And yes. many times they seem to rhyme with current events. It's got to be a Holy Spirit thing there. It's a mystery. People say, well, how do you know God don't want to move in a different direction? Why are you so structured? And I'm thinking, these men prayed over this stuff for a long time before they set these calendars and prayers and passages. You know, the Holy Spirit was was just as alive then when they were writing this up as he is now. He knew what was coming. And the truth of the matter is our Lord is structured. Just he look is. at the universe. I mean, these, every one of these planets is put a precise distance from each other and from the sun and all. And if it got, if it got out of whack a little bit, uh, things as we know it would be over. There are no, it's very precise. If you see chaos in this world, it is not of God. Right. And uh, what did Paul say about, oh, the church being out of order with everybody running with the doctrine, with the teaching, with the yeah. tongue, chaos. Yeah, chaos. Yeah. yeah. God's and not, not confused. It's not of God. Uh, be no confusion. How, how can God be the author of a movement that's totally confused? Just baffled. Can't It's like a dog that can't find his tail. You're seeing a dog when he gets older trying to bite his privates, you know, because he's itching and he, and he, and he starts spinning. You're hitting, kind of, you're hitting kind of close to home right now, okay? Do what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he can't get to it. And you're embarrassing I, me, John. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, it's confusing. It's, it's confused. So you're going. So you had this church. It's all on one page. That's doing some stuff that they shouldn't be doing. All right. But they believe the same stuff. They have church the same way. They have all this structure, history, and this theology that's just out of this world just to read it. Right. All these miracles, signs, and wonders. Then you got a 
alcoholic priest that would probably be in a uh, mental hospital if he lived now. He leaves his vows for his favorite nun. I want to see what she looked like, by the way. Mm. She must have been fine. Mm. A good-looking woman. Don't forget he was drinking, though, brother. He was, oh, yeah, they all look good when you're drunk. <laughs> and, and that's what the ladies say, too. Well, I thought it was George Clooney when we were at the club. <laughs> He didn't look like I'm that. Either. To this, this thing. I thought I would. Uh, be a, uh, oh, Lord. I was working on him, right? Yeah. You know, he's German, right? Yes. German. And are you German? I've got German, German, German and Irish. Okay. That's a, bad, that's a bad combination. Well, what, what's Germany known for throughout history? Well, cut many things, but beer is high on the list. Beer, uh, war, war, mine. <laughs> yeah, barbarians and that sort of stuff. But resisting authority, resisting authority, not yeah. like certain parts of not uh, riding the Harley Davidson in the United States. Yeah. Well, I just you know I just think. Okay, I I know what. A lot of the corruption in the in the Catholic Church uh, is still there. It will be there 500 years from now, and it's in the Baptist Church. It's in Washington D.C. It's in the Assembly of God. It's in the Mormon Church. It's everywhere. So the boy, it's every anywhere you got flesh and blood, you have corruption and sin, mm-hmm. right? No doubt. Okay. So if that's the reason for leaving the Catholic Church and you need to go ahead and deport yourself from America too because America is about as wicked as you can get when it comes to corruption in the government. Mm-hmm. So is that a reason to leave? Not in my book. I mean, you know who Sean Hannity is? Yes. Now I've heard, um, you know, he's on Fox News. Yes. And I I heard, I don't know if I actually saw this, but I heard he got on there and said he could no longer be a part of the Catholic Church because of the corruption in the Vatican. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute. You're making millions of dollars getting on worldwide TV every night, trashing your government. But I don't see you moving to France. I don't see him leaving. And don't forget that scandal that happened in Fox News. I can't remember the guy's name that was the head of it, but uh, with Megyn Kelly and a couple other ladies, I didn't see him bail out when that happened either. They got all Fox News has so much drama going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that they make the Democrats look like good Mormon people. You know what I mean? Yes. It's, I mean, you know, you can't... That's, that's, that's one reason I keep tuning in. Yeah. You, you, you gotta... Uh, and like Father Mitch and yeah. uh, all those guys you see on EW10, I know a lot of them. Okay? Now, I know you do. One of them's across the street and there's a couple... Two doors. I know a lot of them, and yeah, I I go grocery shopping with these people. When I go, you ever heard of Publix? Do y'all have Publix oh, up there? Yes, it was over there this morning actually. That's kind of like an Albertsons or a Safeway. Yeah, go to Publix where I live. You're gonna see famous folk. folk. Now these Protestants don't know who they are. Right. right. You know, Father Mitch could walk around Publix in his cowboy hat. And his cowboy boots. <laughs> yeah, and no one's gonna, no one's gonna know who he's just another redneck, right? With Matter a, of fact, with a, with a collar, first, a redneck with a collar. First a time I met him, he had on a, a camouflage hat, a hat like yours. He had on a flannel shirt, and he had on an army jacket. And he come, he come by where I was at, knocking on the door. I didn't know who he was. I didn't know who the world he was. And we had had some plumbing trouble. And I thought he was the plumber. 
and it was late at night. He's knocking on the door, and it's like 10 degrees outside. It does get cold in Alabama. People yes, people move here and sell their coats and all this. <laughs> he uh, opened the door, and, and he comes in, and he's brushing off the cold and talking. This Father Mitch? Father Mitch? Yeah, I didn't know who he was. I talked to him for half an hour. I didn't know who he was. Man, he's he left. Somebody said, you know who that was? I said, oh, the plumber? I thought he was the plumber, some redneck plumber. And uh, they said, no, you'll get to know him later. But that was, that was my introduction to Father Mitch. So, wow. You know, uh, here you're going to see those people. But I don't know, man. We got to uh, find a way to get in those blind spots. But something you said earlier is ringing true you know it's all about the holy spirit yes it is and if that person's not if the holy spirit's not in there working from his end i, I guess we're wasting our time mm-hmm. don't know yeah yeah well i have become convinced my, one of my big things really in doing these cartoons is spiritual warfare uh, that that that's a topic that scares a lot of people, and it scares me a bit too. Although, when you learn who you are and what you're about, and that you be doing what you're not about, and you should be doing what you are about, then that's no longer such a scary thing. But anyway, going back all the way to the Book of Genesis, chapter three, verse fifteen. Uh, after the fall, and uh, God is lovingly laying the boom down on Adam, Eve, and the serpent. And he says, at the end there, he says, I will put enmity, and that was a carefully chosen word, and uh, the, the word of God in those words, I will put enmity between the woman. That's what Jesus called his mother, if you remember, at the wedding of Cana and a couple other places. Woman, what's it to you? Or woman, don't you know it's not my time yet? Between the woman and the serpent and between this woman's seed or the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. Well, that's us. There's not three people groups in this world. There's not much diversity in this world when you get right down to it. We look a little different. We act a little different but you're either the seed of the woman or you're the seed of the serpent. And that's it. Now, I'm not judging who's the seed of what. I can judge behavior. I'm not judging souls. I can judge sin and behavior. But even the seed, even the seed of the woman, uh, uh, sin. That's why we got reconciliation. But the long and short of it is that in the Old Testament, Israel had lots of battles, lots of wars, and they won them all, except when they were not following the Ark of the Covenant. Then they lost big time. Now, in chapter 11 of Revelation, and then chapter 12, 1, 11, 19, and 12, 1. And you've done a good job, John, over the years pointing out, you know, that they, these guys that wrote it didn't put all these numbers down. That came like 1,200 years. Well, not after the Bible, about 1,200 years after Christ was born. But uh, 11, 19, John is, has been brought up by the Holy Spirit and into heaven. He's looking around and and if, you, know, you can almost get the picture. Wow, it's not in that chapter because John was not a, that John was not a redneck. Mm-hmm. But if it was, wow would have been in there a whole bunch of times. But he basically says, "Wow, the Ark of the Covenant." That's the last verse of chapter eleven in Revelation, and the first verse of chapter twelve says, "And there was the and she was a woman, or there was a woman." He essentially says, Mary is the Ark of the Covenant. And one of the Bible 
tools that's used by God to inspire throughout the Old Testament is that uh, there are things that are types or typology of things that will come in the New Testament. And uh, thus we get the idea that the Old Testament conceals the New Testament and the New Testament reveals the Old Testament. I didn't make that up. I think Father Mitch might have, but it wasn't. But, But long story short, what was in the Ark of the Covenant? Aaron's rod or prophets or something from the prophets. Manna or or part of the bread of life. And the tablets are part of the law. What was in Mary's womb? Yeah. The bread of life, the fulfillment of the prophets, and the fulfillment of the laws. She is the Ark of the Covenant. The Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament was a type pointing towards this coming Ark. And for us to win these battles, whether it is to bring our Protestant brothers and sisters back home or combat Satan, for us to win these battles, we need to get in behind her, the Ark of the Covenant, just as the Jews had to get in behind the Ark of the Covenant on the battlefield then, because she is always going to take us to Jesus. We need not worry when we're following the Ark of the Covenant. So it's somehow found in that sequence Hmm. of her being the Ark of the Covenant. But beyond that, you know, look look at me, John. I'm I'm, I'm I'm listening. No, I I wasn't chastising you, brother. I was Hmm. just saying, take a look. I'm no genius. That, that's a heart issue, not a head issue. Uh, the, the heart knows that she's the Ark of the Covenant. I, that was one of the biggest things I had to relearn coming back to the church. But I dearly love the mother of Jesus. Hmm. You just got me all goosebumped and choked up here. Blame the Holy Spirit, brother, not me. Yeah. Hmm. So anyway, well, I'll get you get your thoughts, but it's all spiritual warfare. It's all spiritual warfare. But spiritual warfare isn't us going out and slaying drag dragons. Leave that to Michael, St. Michael, the archangel. And our, our job is to pray, love, and serve. Mm-hmm. Pray, love, and serve. I think and, just listening to you and some things I was thinking about uh, last night is is how great it is to stay very basic as a Catholic, as basic as you can get. Um, Too many people on here, Catholic social media, are caught up in the politics. Right. Uh, They're always talking about this crisis in the church. And I'm thinking, when have we not been having a crisis in the church? do you know? Do you know when we've not had any crisis? No, and it's because of Genesis three fifteen. Keep going. Yeah, but Genesis three fifteen. There's a crisis in heaven before there was an earth. That's right. And uh, I just, I think we need to go basic. I do. Uh, there, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to go here in a minute, but sure. Send you a text. I'm gonna send you a name, okay? okay? I can't remember this priest, but uh, I know this priest. And if I said his name, the comment section would blow up. So I'm okay. not gonna say his name. Sure, Plus, we, don't make, we don't need that. Can't be on social media. But uh, he was over here one time at the house, and uh. He told me that the reason, he said, you know who Satan hates worse than anyone? And I was thinking, Jesus? He said, no, it ain't Jesus. Go ahead. It ain't God. She or somebody else. Come on. He hates, he said, he hates Mary. Amen. Thank you. And Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, but why do you say that? Mm-hmm. And he said, because Mary, Mary is the one that's going to padlock his ass in hell. It's already been told to him. This woman right here is locking your ass up forever in the furnace. Her. She's going to do it for you 
messing with her son. You killed her son, you murdered her son, and you're going to pay for it. And she's the one that's going to inflict it. And he knows she's coming. Mother Mary. And she's going to crush his head. So he's been attacking her tooth and nail. He attacks her worse than he attacks Jesus. That, that's one of the biggest impediments, uh, you know, the, you talk about the blind eye. It's one of the biggest impediments for the our Protestant brothers and sisters is Mary. They have been, they have been uh, somehow, most of them, like 99% most, uh, but maybe not 100%, have been led to believe that somehow venerating and having deep love and respect for the mother of God is some kind of uh, false religion. They think we're cheating on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I do think that's the way I felt felt like. I can't love Mary any more than Jesus loves her. Yeah, and and the reason you love Mary is because of Jesus. Absolutely. The picture and there's no Mary. Yeah, minus Jesus and yeah, then minus Jesus, I don't even know who Mary is. Yeah. Just like you take away America, you ain't got no president. <laughs> you know who's he? But man, you're, you're opening a whole you're opening a whole different chapter in this conversation right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You got me looking around and stuff and thinking about uh going like I really do think we should, Mama Mary is the co-redemptors, what that lady said. Um do you remember what Paul called the the uh, Christians at that church, he called them his co-laborers. Yes. Yes. But they don't co-laborers. want to put co next to Mary's name. Co-laborers. Well, look, yeah. the, fall, the fall came about with a man and a woman. Yeah. And, and God completely redoes what he did and completely undoes what Satan did. It would be impossible not that god can't do it but to do it as a complete undo and redo without including a woman in this yeah yeah this is great god it's not the god couldn't do it god can do whatever he wants but it is his desire to completely create the new again and and undo the bad that satan did and that involves both a man and a woman let me ask you a question before i go um you remember when they were fighting about who's going to sit on Jesus's right hand and left. Yes, yes, yes. It was actually, as the mamas was fighting, wasn't they? The mother was. Awesome. I think it was. Yep. They're having a Jerry Springer show right there. Right <laughs> <behind> Jesus. Right. <laughs> yeah, it was a Jerry Springer show. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Eric. Um, who do you think sitting at the right hand of Jesus right now? You talking to me or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was just reading Eric's yeah, comment. Your wife ain't in there, is she? I'm looking at <laughs> My favorite wife. Clarify that in case you hear it. My favorite wife. Okay. I was just looking at Eric's comment about Mary. Uh, okay, Question. the question was, again, it had something to do with Jerry Springer or something. Well, they was asking, who's going to sit at your right hand? Oh, oh yes. Uh, Mary. Not Mary. for me, but for, I mean, it's for yeah. who's been determined. Okay, Eric's throwing this in now. We might need to get who me. Yeah. All right, Eric. Who is sitting at the right hand of Jesus? Now we know that Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. Who's at it? Who's who's Jesus's right hand? Man, woman, whatever. Eric, go ahead. Pop that on us. We're looking at that screen, aren't we, John? <laughs> Waiting for Eric. Eric to write a name here. I need the Jeopardy song. Dun, dun, dun. He says nobody. And nobody. He is that what you right. think, too? Wow. Is that what you think as well? Well, I, I absolutely believe that that his co-laborer is Mary. I, I believe she's sitting there next to him. Sometimes I think she's kind of like, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on on, Sol- on Solomon's mother's name, Bathsheba. Bathsheba. Sometimes I think she's kind of like Bathsheba. Was it Adonijah or Absalom uh, that, yeah. that went to her and, and said, you know, go ahead and fix this for me with Solomon. And I, I can just picture uh, her kind of leaning over Solomon's shoulder and 
whispering to him. So I think she's like right. She's she's as close as his ear. Don't they call the Holy Spirit the spouse? Um. um there's some tie-in where um, Mary is also the spouse of the Holy Spirit. Yes, I've read that. I don't necessarily want to get into that theology one way or another, but yes, and that's based on, predicated on the fact that she bore the child from and through the Holy There's Spirit. There's a lot of implications about that. Yes. You can well, go a long way on that. And it, I'm it, it, it was, John, John, it was like this overshadowing. Yeah. Okay. Whatever that means in heaven. But yes, Jesus was uh, conceived by the Holy Spirit and Mary. So his biological father, so to speak, spiritual father, and Jesus, I, I believe that she's sitting next to him. And I don't know if you ever watched The Sopranos. Do you ever watch The Sopranos? Sadly, yes. Okay. You, all right. Well, there's a lot of good Catholic stuff in there sometimes. Yes, there was. Um, you can pick up on it, but do you remember um, how much power and pull that, uh, now he didn't like his mother, but she, Tony Anthony Soprano's mother, had tremendous pull. Yes. You remember what was it, Uncle, uh, Uncle Junior? Too many years ago, but yes, I remember what you're talking about. Well, Tony Soprano's mama could have people wiped out yes. by just mentioning something or making a call. Because she had, she, even though she's an old, ugly woman, she's the ugliest woman on the show. She had pull with Tony. And Tony would go see his mother all the time. And he, it was kind of like he would even humble, he'd get small around her. And she started calling some shots. And that, you know, I just think, you know, Mary, oh, I know she got pulled on Jesus. The, the, the Bible is patently clear on the fact that Jesus is a king in the line of David. And one of the hallmarks of the line of David was in fact the queen who was actually the mother of the king, not the wife of the king, because most of these kings, including Solomon, had more wives than you could count and more concubines, but they had one mother. And the one mother is the one person in the world who could absolutely testify to the world that this one here is the son of the last king. He's the son of David. She alone knew that for sure. That's mm -hmm. what we have with Mary. She is the mother, a mother of the king in the line of David and can testify to the lineage of, of uh, the divine lineage of Jesus. And she does testify still to it. And Satan hates that. And yeah. I love it. And so does my Catholic church love it. Well, let me ask you one more question because I could ask you questions all day. Do uh, you remember when Mary, it says that she went with haste to go see her Aunt Elizabeth? Yes. Okay. How, they say she was about 14, maybe? Young? That's the estimate. I don't think it's, it's totally clear, but she was a young, a young maiden. Yeah. Probably about 14. You know Father Mark on EWTN? Yes, the, yes. I have not, per, not personally. I just know him from. Yeah, I, I used to, uh, you know, I'd be with him backstage before he'd go out and do the mass. And he knew I knew the Bible pretty good. He'd know what the pastor said, but didn't know where it was. So he would say, where is this? And I would tell him. Or I would go like a smart ass, get my iPhone. And I said, you do. You write down what Jesus said on your iPhone and you hit enter and the scripture will pop up, Father Mark. So he would ask that, but I asked him, how long does it, did Mary go by herself to go see her Aunt Elizabeth? And if so, how far was that? And he says like 90 something miles. So a 14 year old pregnant girl is going to walk basically a hundred miles to see her aunt. 
Do you think that a part of that was wanting to get out of town because there's a lot of gossip going on? I mean, you know, they, really, were talking, you know they were talking. That's a really good question. And uh, 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 certainly those circumstances existed, I do believe. But I, I am, I, I have such high regard for Mary that I believe she believed she was on an evangelization mission. She was carrying Jesus to her aunt and she was carrying Jesus to the one who was going to pro, you know, be, I forget how the Bible says it just now, but the voice in the wilderness crying out. Uh, so I, I think the, the prime predominant driving force truly was a spirit of evangelization. She was the first evangelist in the church. She brought Mary, she brought Jesus while he was still in the womb to uh, Elizabeth and, and John the Baptist. Yeah, I had always heard that uh, Mary Magdalene was the first evangelist because she's the first one to see Jesus risen, but Mary knew that he was going to be risen. Yep. And before before he was even out of the womb, she was already carrying him. And it was, it, it was really clear that it was effective because the baby and Elizabeth's womb left when he walked in. That's what so, I, I want to see that. I wish I do you ever pray your rosary? And I have a hard time meditating on the mysteries because I daydream. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm bad about I'll be I'll be praying the rosary and I'll get right about here. Man, I'm I'm thinking about the football game and everything in this world. And then I remember I'm praying a rosary. Yeah. But I wish that I wish I could go like in TV movie mode and see these things as they happened. Mm -hmm. I know some people do that, but mm -hmm. like like I had a pretty my uh, trad rad Latin mass friends get mad about this, but I had a, a catechist and he taught us how to meditate once. And he took us into the chapel and he showed us to sit a certain way. It reminded me of yoga because I took yoga right. years and caught hell for it. That's the reason I quit going. I quit. I got sick of trying to explain it and everything. The priest told us to put our fingertips a certain way on our, on our knees and to sit a certain way. And he took us on some breathing exercises. This is in front of the Eucharist. And he's talking about the position of your head. I mean, all this posturing he was teaching us. So I was kind of doing an eye roll a little bit. Yep. And then he was talking about the mysteries of the rosary. And he was saying, I want you to go deep, deep, deep into this scripture here. And I want you to smell the, the hay of the manger. I want you to smell the goats, the camels. I want you to smell the firewood. I want you to smell the body odor off Joseph walking, you know. And he started bringing in all these visuals of that mystery and thinking, well, I wish I could just do that and just get lost in that mystery, you know, but I get to daydreaming. You know what that's called, don't you? It's praying, I know. I was going somewhere else. Go, go ahead. Being a redneck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you got, uh, John, you, you got, you got to be what you are, brother. You got to, yeah, you're right. You're right. That's another thing I learned from you. I learned a lot from you today. That's that. That's that. That's that. That's that. That's that. Two th two things are really important in spiritual warfare. Not not counting following the, the the Ark of the Covenant and stuff like that, but identity and activity. Your your identity. Who are you? I mean, Jesus said in both Mark and 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 Matthew, he turned to his disciples and said, uh, "Who do who, who do the people say I am?" Now, why would he ask that question? Who knows who he is? Uh, because he was going somewhere with it. And and because after what they told him, Peter spoke up and they said, well, who do you say I am? 
now it's a little, I don't want to care, care about them. You're my friend. I care about you. If you say, hey. and, and that's the key. You know, uh, I'm talking to you, the folks listening right now to who are you? Who are you? Because Satan's going to lie to you. He's lying to these kids right now. A boy's a girl and the girl's a boy. And all. We don't want to get off on that, that tangent right now. But more lies and confusion out there about identity. And if you don't know who you are, you are how, Jeremiah 29, 11 and 12 says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to bless you and not to harm you. Um, and he's got a plan for you. But if you don't know who you are, how do you know that you can receive his plan for you? Get solid on who you are. Keep it simple. And then, then the second thing is activity. What's his plan purpose for your life? And you're not going to be able to answer that. You're just going to have to follow him and discover it. It's not an intellectual thing. But in the process, you're going to do great damage for the good of the kingdom of God to evil simply by following him. That's really good. Preacher, pastor. <laughs> yeah, just catechist these days, guys. You know, just I'm, I'm a Jesus-loving cartoonist. I love it, man. I'm gonna have you on again, but I want to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna shoot you a text with a name for you yes. to go. And next time I have you on, I know exactly what I want to talk about. We'll talk about it, okay? Okay. Let me have one minute here at the end, if I might. Okay. Sure. One simple, one simple minute, and I got. It looks like a handful of folks online want them to participate with this too. John, I just found out today about your son. You probably told everybody in the world. I'm sorry, I didn't know that, but that he's in hospice. I want to pray for you and your family real quick. In the name you. of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Father, I just lift up uh, John's son here. Lift up his family, and uh, you you know the outcome. You know what, when, where, how, and why. I just ask you to give. Pour out your grace on everyone involved. Uh, let this family be drawn closer and closer together, loving each other more and more and loving you more and more as they go through this chapter, uh, potentially a very painful chapter, uh, a chapter with suffering, but give them the grace that the suffering would be joy and that the pain would be for, uh, for the good of the kingdom of God. Bless especially John now as he does this work. We pray now for him and his family in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. I appreciate that, brother. And I'll, I look forward to having you again real soon, okay? I'll do it if he's uh, go get will, will Go have. call David for me. Tell David to watch this. I will. And uh, okay. uh, uh, if, if my wife asks you something, tell her I was very kind about her. Tell her I said, hey, okay? I will, brother. God bless you. Four Eagle. Love you. Four Eagle.